Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 152 of the Salvation Christ Sports Podcast. Here for you again on another Wednesday night, July 26th, 7.07 p.m. And Patrice Bergeron, if you missed it, has unfortunately retired. Ryan, I welcome you in by asking for your thoughts to kick us off because I think most people understand mine at this point, you know, mm-hmm. my allegiance to the team and one Patrice Bergeron, but uh, we'll, we'll kick it off with you. We'll switch it up a little bit. And how are you doing? Uh, still a little sad. Yesterday was a mixed uh, mixed bag of emotions, a glass case of emotions, as one Ron Burgundy would put it. Because uh, it was a weird day when it comes to Boston sports. Of course, you had the Patriots training camp start up, which wasn't even the biggest storyline from the day. Um, you had Kika Hernandez get traded, which wasn't the biggest storyline of the day. You had Jalen Brown sign an extension, which arguably wasn't the biggest story of the day. As you hit on, it was Patrice Bergeron retiring. Look, we've talked about it all offseason, kind of waiting and wondering what was going to happen with him. As the more time went on and the less you heard about it, you kind of started to get the feeling like, all right, he's probably going to hang it up. I was still holding a little bit of hope as, you know, I was kind of on the the, the side of Krejci's 100% gone, Bergeron. Got to think he maybe tries to come back, especially after how last year ended. I don't know how much with you working today you caught of his um, – his end of season press conference, you know, thanking everybody and talking about that. Or if you saw any of his comments on Twitter, um, that people kind of grabbed from that. He, he, the way it sounded, he kind of knew going into this, this previous year that this was probably going to be his last uh, barring any sort of crazy decision, but he, he kind of talked about wanting to spend more time with his family. Obviously we know he just had his fourth child. Um, 38. Exactly. He's getting older. 
Um, obviously, you know, the situation with his father and having cancer. So probably wants to be there with him a little bit. Um, so yeah, it, it stinks, but I'm not going to knock the guy for retiring. He gave you 19 phenomenal seasons of pros pro, as we all know, um, can't ever say enough good things about Patrice Bergeron from a player, from a person standpoint. And it sucks because it's going to, it's going to leave a big hole in the lineup itself, but also on the organization. Now you try to transition towards a, a new era, you know, per se of, of Bruins hockey and, you know, obviously the questions come to who do you look to now to be the leader, all that kind of stuff as we'll get into. But to sum it up, it, it, it sucks, but you, you kind of could see it coming. As we said, the longer things kind of played out, you really didn't hear anything until obviously yesterday. Yeah. Um, the interesting, one of the interesting things to me was saying like he wanted to go out on top, like in mm-hmm. terms of like the best visibilities, which is something you don't really hear that often um, with retirement, but I guess it makes sense. Um mm-hmm. Look, four kids now, 38 years old, plenty of time in the game as an 18-year-old starting out. You know, it's not like he came into the league at 21 or 22. Um, As he's matured as a hockey player, the game has gotten a lot faster and changed, so that factors into it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just shy of 1,300 regular season games, third most in Bruins history behind Bork and Busick. Uh, 427 goals behind uh, Busick and Esposito for third. 613 assists, fourth in Bruins history behind Bjork, uh, Bjork, um, Borg, Busick, um, yeah. and or third most points in Bruins history um, with 1,039 uh, or 1,040 uh, behind Bork and Busick. Three-time All-Star, six-time um, a Stanley Cup champion, two-time finalist, um, 20th captain in Bruins history, a King Can- King Clancy in twelve thirteen, uh, Mark Messier Award twenty twenty one. He was. I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I've seen people talking about Datsuk. You know, the only thing Datsuk has all oh, the overrated talk. Over, yeah, over Bergeron is one more cup and like two Cl- King Clancy's. Like, sure, he had better hands and everything, but Patrice Bergeron was a better all around player. Mm-hmm. Um, had more points. One last Stanley Cup, like six Selkies, finished top three 12 straight years, top five for 14 years. It's Patrice Bergeron. I love Pavel Danzuk. I really do. It's Patrice Bergeron, and it's not close. Nobody's close, um, yeah. in my opinion. And it's a huge void. It's a huge, huge void that you have to imagine ups the ante to upgrade the center position now. Um mm-hmm as I've talked about for a little while, they have been in the mix on Mark Shifley. Um, Elias Lindholm has piqued their interest. I saw, I forget who mentioned it, but um, seems like they might have more interest in Lindholm than Shifley at this point. So I think those are your most two likely options when it comes to replacing him, unless Austin Matthews hits the market next year. Um, We know Sebastian Ajo isn't anymore. He signed an eight year, $78 million extension with the hurricanes today. Um, So, at this point, I've had some talks with people on Twitter like, sure, you can wait till next year, but what if you miss out next year? And you got to do something You're trying now. to get back in the mix. You're struggling to do so. Then you find yourself in a similar spot um, just a year later. You have to try and get someone now. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, even if it's another one of the Flame Centers and it's Michael Backlund for a couple of years, um, I like him a lot too. Not as much because he's 34, but um, he's been a leader there for a while and um, is a good three-zone player that can put up a decent amount of points low-key. Uh, I feel like people don't really talk about him for his scoring. But 
I want to know where you're at because I kind of go back and forth between Shifley and Lindholm. Um, I like Lindholm a little more. The attitude with Shifley at times in the past couple of years concerns me a little bit. Not going to lie. I mm-hmm. uh, wasn't the best locker room there, partially because of, you know, Blake Wheeler as well. Um, Pierre Dubois, like, essentially wanting out in the future from Winnipeg, like, right after he got traded, not too long after. Um, how do you feel about the two of them? Because I think those are the two role only options they go after. I take either one because I was gonna that was gonna be my question for you. <clears throat> Excuse me, was I mean you look at the cap projection I had it on Twitter for the people that saw what the Bruins lines look like as of right now without Bergeron. And yeah, you might be able to skate by with you know the top six of Marshan, Zaka, uh Debraskin, and Van Reems, Dykol, and Pasternak. But once you get past those six guys, it is a lot of question marks. And Frederick and Geeky and Lauko and then Lucic, yeah. Boquist and, and Brown. So I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm sure Lucic probably still has something left in the tank, so I'm not going to knock him too much. Trent Frederick obviously had a very good season last year for the Bruins to step up. But after that, like I said, a lot of question marks. Um, so whatever, I think you tweeted it out, whatever it takes, or somebody tweeted it out, whatever it takes to get one of those two guys. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care who it is. Um, you know, you mentioned the questions of the character questions or locker room problems with which I feel like that's a guy. Maybe it isn't. I mean, I, I can't imagine the Bruins locker room stuff and their, you know, their team morale is going to take a massive dip without Bergeron being in. They've still got plenty of leaders. So it's not like that guy's, if you bring him in, he's going to be a, a problem in the locker room and like that. So yeah, I'm fine with, with whatever guy, because they, they definitely need something now. Like I said, it, Bergeron leaving as we knew it was going to leaves a massive hole in the middle of this team, in the middle of this lineup. And they're going to have to figure something out as, as a way to plug it, unless they want to yeah. just go with all these young guys, which they don't, so again, like they they love bringing in their their cheap veteran guys to you know play the, the bottom six, um. So th- that's what it is. But I, I like I said before, I like to see them give some of these young guys a chance. Maybe down the line they will. But if they're not going to do that, you got to go out and get somebody that can give you some sort of production in your top six. Yeah, and now with like leadership and a guy like Shifley potentially being a tough fit with you know attitude, attitude concerns, you don't have Bergeron and Chara around anymore. This is the first time in a long time you've been without Bergeron and or Chara both of them are mm. gone Krejci's probably gone unless he comes back at Christmas time um you have to really consider fit in the locker room so much more now because you mm-hmm. won't just have the crutch of leaning on guys like Chara and Bergeron and Krejci um it's guys like Marshawn and McAvoy and Carlo um I think Jeremy Swayman however long he's around we'll get to that point eventually Olmark mm-hmm. um you know on more more towards the veteran side for you know goalies in the league so um you have to consider the locker room fit so much more in a different aspect now and I think Lindholm will fit that better um the good thing I like about Calgary as a partner too is I don't think they will want a goalie because mm-hmm. nobody's going to want Jacob Markstrom's contract the Bruins probably wouldn't take Dan Vladar back. They'd probably prefer to call up Brendan Bussey um, if they were to trade a goalie. And I doubt the Bruins are getting Dustin Wolf, um, stud goalie prospect that is expected to at least be the backup this year for Calgary. Um, and then when you talk about Winnipeg, I imagine a Mark Shifley deal starts with Jeremy Swayman. So I think that deal oh, might feel have to that. get. I think the deal might have to get done with Jeremy Swayman. Okay. But there was a report a couple weeks ago that now some people are starting to think that Hellybuck might start the season with Winnipeg. 
So how does that affect how they attack trade packages for um, a guy like Mark Shifley? Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I mean, you got to think they still want a goalie, a goalie just in case. Too. Like, yeah, that's that, again. Yeah. It comes back to the goalie, I think for them, because by at least the deadline, Connor Hollybuck's not going to be a Winnipeg jet. He might start mm-hmm. the season if they have trouble trading him. And that's a guy that we're talking extension with nine and a half million potentially a year with Shifley or Lindholm. The Bruins, I imagine, would have a sign and trade in the works as well. I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the two most likely options. And then, you know, when, when it comes back to the leadership, who fills the void? Mike, my thought on the uh, on the captaincy front, and you pointed it out too, is the way McAvoy talked about, you know, taking up the mantle essentially, mm-hmm. and that tribute to Bergeron where a lot of them were getting emotional. Um, sounded like he knows he might be the captain and why wouldn't he but you have to wonder about Marshawn. i mean mm-hmm. i remember back to when they announced bergeron as captain they pranked it and gave it to Marshawn first that's right i do remember that yep um i'm cool either way but um we, as of the press conference today they don't have a decision made mm-hmm. um, i'm a little surprised by that but not like totally i think it's one of them and nobody else really I think it's absolutely gonna be one of those two guys yeah I mean for obvious reasons he's been here now the longest set of any Bruin obviously the veteran guy so you, your mind that, goes to Martian fucked up to say it is yep it absolutely is so like that that is crazy um but yeah like you said I I kind of had that that thought process of if people missed it he basically like you said said something along the lines of like thank you for building the culture that you have for the 19 years you were here and I'm being McAvoy um and I'm going to try my best to keep that going. So like, like yeah. you said, that to me also, it's like, all right, that kind of alludes that. And I was thinking about it the other day too. I'm like, you, if you make Marshan the captain, I mean, obviously the last couple of years now, that's not by design or anything, but like you give it a char, but you get now, sorry, Bergeron gets it from char for cap. Bergeron was a captain for what a year or two. So do you really want to go through, you know, give it a Marshan this year, then maybe two yeah. years or a year down the line. But also you have to at the same time, not that it matters, but like you get where it's coming Is it a veteran at. line of succession until exactly. you get to McAvoy? So that yeah. way it goes to Marshan, whether he plays two years, three years, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something to monitor. And I think the outside guy is Brandon Carlo, but Brandon Carlo mm-hmm. just screams an A guy to me. At yeah. this point, Brad Marshall and I might not even like – be like chomping at the bit to be the captain. Like I had a friend of mine say the exact role. same thing. I was curious. He knows his role. He's yeah. he's pretty much like a especially when it was Bergeron after Chara left. Mm-hmm. Um it was like a one A, one B captain. Absolutely. Yeah, it was an obvious. Way. Yep. Which is not to take anything away from Bergeron's role in the locker room, but um I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. Um I had someone suggest a three A scenario. I think they could do that. I don't think they will though. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be kind not, of, not like a slap a in the face, but it's not a yeah. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I just can't see them doing that until, of course, they would do it in this hypothetical scenario. What um, are your thoughts on like a dark horse? Like we kind of briefly talked about this over text, but like I thought maybe Coyle might have an outside shot. I joked to you about Lucic just for like shits and giggles yeah. for one year, but they, like you said, there's no way they're going to do that. Yeah, um, Coyle, Coyle is the other name I've seen. Coyle, Lucic, Grizzly, Carlo. And maybe even Frederick at times. Grizz looks a decent like one, A's, yeah. A, A candidates, guys that rotate mm-hmm. through the A a lot. Um, I think, obviously, the most long-term fit, though, is is Charlie McAvoy. No doubt. Pasternak, like, I love Pasternak, but 
he's kind of goofy. He's got assistant goofy vibes, assistant captain guy. Mm-hmm. I just thought of something now career. to pick your brain on. I wonder, cause you brought it up that you said that obviously they haven't made a decision yet in the press conference today. I wonder if maybe they're in the back of their minds, maybe thinking if Gracie comes back, maybe they throw the C his way. Cause I don't think so. Yeah. I mean the, the, I, we talked about it a week ago. I kind of brought it up. The unreal. Yeah, they just the unreliability the last couple of years of like, well, is, yeah. is he going to play here? Is he not? So that's probably not in the cards, but just something maybe to think about to throw another name in uh, the hat. But yeah. I, I'm with you. Like McAvoy makes a lot of sense if you want to just go for a guy that you know is going to be here for a long time instead of just doing the every, like I said, two years because you have these veteran guys that are coming towards the end of their careers. Um, but yeah, you're the second person that's brought up that maybe Martian wouldn't even want to be the captain. So that, that's kind of interesting to, to think about. Yeah. It is. Um, and one thing back to Bergeron I wanted to mention, over a span of 12 seasons from 2011 to now, 1,941 selfie, selkie ballots were submitted. 1,785 of them, 92%, included Patrice, Berger, included Patrice Bergeron. 937, 48% of them had him in first place. Unprecedented dominance. Not sure He's overrated, more. though. Yeah, not sure the game and all the Maple Leaf fans that you guys get into fights with on Twitter. Yeah, like, it's just so lame. Like, I told one of the guys, like, cool, have your opinion, but, like, jumping right to shit on a guy who, no matter what you think of him, had a pretty awesome career. Mm -hmm. Like, your first instinct, unless you're just purely trolling, is to, like, disparage their accomplishments. That's so lame to me. Exactly. Um, but I mean, you know, a lot of them are just, they're also, they also can't terrorize them anymore. So. Exactly. That, that's it also boils yeah. down to probably just like jealousy that in our lifespan, the Maple Leafs never had a four, or at least the last half decade, um, a Ford like Patrice Berger or the play style like Patrice Berger running anywhere close. Um, but it also just comes with like, you should, as a sports fan, like, yes, you could probably hate the player. Like you, you do it with the like Yan- old Yankees. I did it with Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. You hate the team they play for, but because they were such class acts, yeah. Like you have to respect what the player did in their career. Like never really did anything wrong on or off the field. So or on and off in this case, birds run on and off the ice, but you get what I'm getting at. Like mm. you, you can hate the guy all you want playing against your team and how much, you know, he scorned you and burned you. But when he retires and has this type of career, you, you got to give credit where credit's due. I don't care if you hate the player or not. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I get mm. it, but I don't, um, but yeah, man, it's it's a huge void to fill. How they do it remains to be seen, of course, but um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, other news. Well, actually, we can get to the talking about the lineup. I almost forgot about my ideal lineup with this roster includes Charlie Coyle centering the Marshawn DeBrus line to get a righty pivot in there instead of just all lefties. Okay. That gives you some options. That answers um, my question. I was going to ask you then, because we've seen him yeah. not have all that much success up there. So I was curious as to why you had and, him, but that does make sense in that, that case. Yeah. Technically you can make that the top, the second line and make something like JVR with Zaka with his check buddy Pasternak. And then you run something like Lauco on the wing or Trent Frederick on the left wing. Um, I'm trying to find the tweet I put up yesterday. Cause I'm, Trying to blank on the third line here. Um, yeah, Frederick with like Geeky and Bokvist, I think it'd work. I would put Lauko there, but I think Lauko fits on a line with a guy like Milan Lucic better. And you can move him up and down the lineup as the game goes along. Um, maybe Jakob Lauko gets some net front power play time to see if that works this year. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Um, 
But right now, like, if they don't add a center, I think you can pencil in Frederick or Geeky at third line center. Um, and then, in my sense, it would put Lucic, Patrick Brown, or Mark McLaughlin if he pushes for the roster and you wave a guy like Pat Brown, um, and then Lauko on the left or on the right. I just think Lucic and Lauko, unless Lauko really forces your hand in putting him on the third line, which I absolutely could, I'd be cool with that. I think having um, them as the bash bros on the fourth <laughs> line, like the the bash bro of old and the bash bro of new potentially uh, would be really cool. And like could, a changing of the guard type of thing. Could be really like effective as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at. I think the consensus is pretty clear on the defense. Grizzlick McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, and Forbert and Shattenkirk. Um I think people are kind of underselling the Shattenkirk thing a little bit. I think back on a good team, he could be a really solid third pair defenseman for dirt cheap. And then barring a trade, you have Olmark and Swayman. Um, Swayman on a new deal, of course, as your goalie tandem. So right now, you know, with the current cap situation with Bergeron not um, going to be signing, they got $5.429 million to sign Jeremy Swayman and Trent Frederick. And I think that's ample money. That should be doable, absolutely. I think you're looking three and a half a year on a bridge deal max for um, Bruce Wayman, then looking around $2 million a year on a bridge for Frederick. Just make that work, mm-hmm. you'll be good. Um, I also want to mention, too, I think Jesper Bokvist in the right role. I don't know if that's on the fourth line of this team. Uh, rotating in out of the third could be a nice pickup. So I'm interested to see even more now um, because – you know, we're likely not talking about Coyle as his third line center if he plays the third line. We're talking about a guy like Morgan Geeky or outside shot Pavel Zaka if Geeky really crushes it or something. I don't see that happening, but mm-hmm. um, nothing against Geeky. I just think Zaka and Coyle are your top two centers um, if the season started today. That would make the most sense, yeah, as of right now, unless, like you said, barring any sort of trade on this. Are you in the same kind of camp on the forward core? Or do you Do you differ on defense at all? Um, I'd be kind of surprised if you did because no, the defense. I think the, the defense is set in my mind. Is not a move unless you like we're trade one of them for to to get a center. Like, Riley Walsh said, talking to the Boston Globe, he's pushing to get to the NHL this year. Um, so Riley Walsh could rotate in and out of that. Uh, okay, that something to look third forward to. Spot. So would love it. Yeah. I'm just like I said earlier. I'm just looking at it on uh, from the on paper standpoint again, and seeing like that you need to do some sort of something to get some sort of replacement for Bergeron and via trade. But again, I don't know what it's going to take. If it's going to take Swayman to get, like you said, Lindholm or uh, or Shifley out, I, I don't know. Like that might be tough. Again, I've been vocal of wanting to trade one of the goalies for the longest time, but I obviously lean more towards Olmark. He's not yeah, going to get you as, as much as Swayman so. would. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like it's it's a lame answer to give, but you, I feel like I'm just kind of in wait and see mode right now to see how they bounce back or how they pivot from a move like this again. Like you, they, the Bruins obviously knew it was coming. I saw people say that um, video from all the players was probably done right after the playoffs ended. So you knew it was coming down the line. Now, how do they react and what direction do they go in now to try to replace them if they go in one at all? Or if they, like you said, they're going to give some of these um, younger guys or some of these, you know, middling pickups that they had um, at the start of the offseason. See if you know, they can run with them, and if everybody yeah. you know catches lightning in a, a bottle here. 
Yeah, and I still do think there's a chance Merkulov or Lysel force their way into the roster. Mm-hmm. And I do think um, there is one outside shot candidate to be traded for at center, and it's Evgeny Kuznetsov, if they could retain a good chunk of that salary. Two years left, $7.8 million per. Uh, wants a trade out of Washington. Another guy you might have attitude concerns on, um, guy surrounded by a lot of Russians for a while, think he'd be pretty happy. Maybe he's not happy that Dmitry Orlov, his buddy's gone. They're good friends. I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe it's ice time. Who knows? But um, I'll throw Genny Kuznetsov out there too. But I imagine um, in an ideal world, they would like to send him out west, um, mm-hmm. given the fact they're in the Eastern Conference. So uh, we'll see. How do you feel about Kuznetsov? Are you a Kuznetsov guy? I couldn't really tell you a lot about the player. Like, so I'm not going to give too strong of a take or not, but if that's a guy that you bring in here and get to work again, I'm not going to be opposed to that at all. Cause like, I I can't stress enough. I think you have to do something or try to do something at least to get some sort of, again, replacement in here for Bergeron. It's obviously going to be a step down, but you got to try to do something. Yeah. Fair enough. And for a team like Washington, which I don't think might, uh, I think might not make them a great partner with the Bruins is uh, they need prospects and picks. And mm-hmm. I think other teams can offer better prospects and picks than the Bruins. So that That's might hurt true. them yep. in a pursuit for such a player. Um, as we said earlier, Spashnaho signs eight by 78, uh, 9.75 a year with the hurricanes. I think it's a bit rich. I think he's more of a $9 million guy, maybe 9.25. But when you're talking about a one C not hitting the UFA market, I think we're overpaying a little bit here. Um, is mm-hmm. worth it. And he is very good. Um, he's really, really good three zone guy, you know, not a glaring weakness. Um, I think they could have done a lot worse. Vince Dunn. Some people might've been shocked by him getting 7.35 million a year. I wasn't, uh, he's been on an upward climb more than the more he's getting more ice time over the years. Uh, he's very good. He's an excellent transition defenseman, great modern puck moving type, uh, 7.35 a year in a four year deal. Um, I think could end up looking like a steal especially with the cap going up. Um, I think Vince Dunn is going to continue to get better, especially in a good Seattle system. Uh, E2 Lewis or Reinen, um, an underrated middle six center, in my opinion, signs a three-year $9 million extension with Florida. Um, pretty nice deal for him. I think it's pretty fair. Um, and Ilya Samsonov and Philip Kurashev get their arbitration awards. Uh, Samsonov will hit UFA next year. Uh, he gets a one-year $3.55 million deal. And um, Kurashev, Gets a two-year, $2.25 million per deal with the Blackhawks. Um, and, yeah, those are just some extra NHL notes. We want to wish Bergeron an adieu mm-hmm. as he – As much as it know, stinks to say that. but As much as it stinks and, you know, he's got a bigger family now, a newborn to raise. So best of luck to him in his next endeavor. We're going to miss him very much. I mean, a guy that's practically been a Bruin our whole lives. Um, it hurts. Will mm-hmm. he join the team in some capacity down the road? I think it's possible. Um, he was but, asked about that today. And I said, I think specifically on the coaching side of things. And he said, as of right now, kind of gave the Dustin Pedroia yeah. when he walked away was like, I want to be with my kids. I want to, yeah. I think he made the joke like That's being Uber to my family. Road. So yeah, exactly. Um, I think him and Char would do it together. If there was oh, absolutely. both of them at yeah. the same time, same yep. off season. Um, the Bruins do need an assistant coach um, with uh, John Gruden. I think he took the Marley's job. I don't think Bergeron would want to be a defenseman coach like uh, John Gruden was, but 
Uh, we'll see how they no, he's that one of the best, if not the best, defensive forward in the history of the yeah. game. So that we'll just we'll just not be the worst thing. Bergeron eventually be the the Selkie coordinator. He'll take the there best defensive forwards on the team and turn them into Selkie contenders every mm. year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really am truly gonna miss Bergeron. It's gonna be mm. weird watching them without him being in the garden, not watching him come out of the tunnel. Um, he's been here forever. He's a legend. He's brought us the Stanley Cup and a lot of joy and. Played through injury, shown immeasurable class and um, grace in the way he played the game, the way he carried himself, the uh, way he was involved in the community and with his teammates and with, you know, charitable endeavors, endeavors like the list goes on. Um, he just put on a master class in pretty much every way in his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to miss him and we wish him the best because he deserves it. Because yep. he is a legend, a king, St. Patrice. Um, one of the greatest Bruins ever, no doubter to the rafters as Cam Neely reinforced as if we needed any reinforcement. Thank you, Patrice Bergeron, or as the Bruins have been saying, merci Bergeron. Merci. So, yep. um, hope he has a, a wonderful post-playing days, uh, life with his kids, his family of four and his wife, and, um, extended family and stuff like that. Cause like I said, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some time with his dad as well. Um, cause I imagine that he's going through a lot. So can't really blame him. Love him. Going to miss him. Jalen Brown. This is where the news takes the turn. It starts to go up a little bit. Switches the news cycle, depending on how you feel. At the very least, you got to be somewhat happy that, you Mm -hmm. know, they have their guys locked up. You know, Tatum, not as long, but Tatum will get the bag eventually too. Don't worry about that. Next, Probably Um, next offseason. Probably next offseason. Jalen Brown, the $304 million man. Mm-hmm. I just want to say to the haters from day one who doubted him, he's the richest man in the NBA. In terms he is, of and that total is total contract dollars. Now, that is not the greatest thing to hear because the haters people are will, and oh, they're furious, which it's hilarious to me. I had this discussion with my dad and talking with my dad last night that he's on the big side of like all oh, athletes make way too much money. And again, I always try to remind him this is what the market is for these type of players it's gonna, like there's going to be tons of deals like I, this now I, like i said as i told him i go jalen brown's the highest paid player in the nba for now until luka Doncic needs a contract or chase tatum months. next offseason needs exactly he's not going to be the highest paid player for long let's not get our you know panties in a twist all the people like you said that are pissed about this deal look we talked about it all offseason leading up to it he chose to have his worst game of his career at the worst possible time and it makes this contract look horrible but you know what type of player Jalen Brown is. You know what he brings to the table. Um, you know, team first guy. Um, I, you can't hate it because it was a deal that had to get done. Like, we, we, you can't afford to lose this guy or have him potentially walk oh, away for nothing. Right. This is a deal you had to make. You weren't going to get him cheap, especially it's after he made. League. Exactly. Especially after you made the all NBA team, too. You knew a massive extension was coming. Um, the big thing, too, Adam Himmelsbach had this as well, saying, according to Lee Source, Jalen Brown's. Uh, five-year Supermax extension does not include a fifth-year player option. It does include a trade kicker. I didn't know what a trade kicker was. I don't know if you did or not. You have to say you're not as big as an NBA fan as I am, so you probably did not. Uh, So I had to look it up. And for the people that are like the two of us that don't know what a trade kicker is or what it implies, this is from a fan-sided article. Um, I think talking about Ben Simmons' extension when he did his, um, he had a trade kicker, I believe, in his as well. Uh, but it says, quote, plainly and simply, a player with a trade kicker gets more money if he's dealt to a new team. A move involving a player with a trade kicker stands to impact the return his current team gets in a trade, too. For a team to give someone a trade kicker, it's a gesture to show 
that player uh, to keep him for the duration of the deal. A trade kicker functions like a no trade clause on some level. It's a no lose proposition for the player and the team creates some financial consequences if they do trade him. But beyond the percentage, uh, the bonus is all trade kickers are not necessarily created equal. So that's kind of got some people thinking, okay, well, Jalen Brown's got a trade kicker. Does this mean the Celtics are going to, you know, live by that and say, we're not going to trade you at any point. Or does that kind of give Jalen Brown some more leverage? If like stars do in the NBA, if things start to go sour a little, you know, down the line and in into this contract two or three years in, Hey, I want out trade me. Cause now I'm going to make even more money if you do. Um, so that's kind of got some people wondering what's, what's going to be down the line, but let's live in the present here. People, the Celtics have Jalen Brown locked up one of the, you know, their core players, you know, the, the second part of their big three now with Tatum and Porzingis. Like I said, it, people are just kind of complain to complain. Uh, it's a deal that had to get done. I don't hate it. I'm sure you don't hate it either. You weren't realistically going to find any sort of trade if you move Jalen Brown that was going to be worth the return unless you were getting a boatload of like first round picks and, you know, a young star player. But there aren't, you know, a ton of those in the league that, you know, live up to Jalen Brown's level. Um, so I, I like it. I, again, it shows they're committed to the player, at least for now. It it, it keeps the, the championship window open as of now. Um, and like I said, I don't know how you can't be happy just, just for the guy in general, like from getting booed. I saw a tweet the other night from getting booed on draft night for the people that didn't want Jalen Brown to now, as of now, like you said, the highest paid player in the NBA, like you got to at least be happy for the guy in that sense. Yeah. And it all comes back to me, like for people who are upset for whatever reason, it comes down to it's a stars league and you couldn't let him go for nothing. Exactly. At least, at the very least, you didn't let him go for nothing. That was mm-hmm. the ultimate catastrophe scenario. Um, and deals like this are going to happen. There's yep. going to be deals that are over $300 million. You could absolutely make the case that they're going to age poorly. You're going to look at this in a year and be like, okay, it's in a clouded, uh, crowded cluster of them. We'll see how they age. And at the end of the day, there's no hard salary cap in the NBA. Like, no. You got all those apron things to worry about and everything that might become a problem down the line. But again, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. There's so many factors. And if God forbid you have to trade the guy, you can't like, Mm -hmm. unless his, unless he completely falls off a cliff skill wise, you'll be able to trade him if you need to, like, it'll Mm -hmm. be hard, but it won't be the only, you know, 60, $70 million a year contract that people are trying to trade. It's going to become a norm um, to what extent we don't know yet, but I think this could have gone so much worse. Absolutely. In present day, it keeps the Celtics as a contender. And Absolutely. that's what matters the most. Because yep. it's that championship's been elusive these last few years. You are a better team with Jalen Brown. Your odds are not going to get better without Jalen Brown long term. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless Brad Stevens put on a master class to replace him, which is easier said than done. Absolutely, yeah. Jalen Brown is a core member of this team, especially after trading Marcus Smart, um, you need a guy like him around, and your title chances are better off with him here. And Could not it, agree I mean, more, dude. Like he's just—he's so hard to dislike in terms of his off-the-court involvement. He mm-hmm. really—he really has taken an investment in the community and the youth. It's—it's it's a guy that you should be happy to have as a leader. Yeah, I mean, even just the way he—he he signed the extension, I. Can't remember what the, the I forgot to look it up and put it in here. The cause that he was doing today, but he mm-hmm. basically he put off it, the extension was uh, obviously yesterday. 
Uh, we put off signing it today for the uh, the charity thing, or I can't remember, like the community thing he was doing today. Um, so that was just cool to see, too. And he, again, on the character of Jalen Brown, like this isn't a guy that, as we've seen with players before, that gets this bag and then just goes, all right, I'm going to F off and just kind of my, my game's going to no, decline. Dude, I'm not going to get any better. Guy, yeah. Like the guy, we talked about it after uh, game seven against Miami. Like you could obviously see the guy was upset for not being able to pull through it. He said it himself. He let people down. There was, he's not going to come out this upcoming season and not work on obviously as the people, you know, the joke, okay, you got your money. Now go work on your left hand. Like he's going to come out. He's going to be better. Um, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And again, like people will just get all caught up on the fact that he's the highest paid player. Probably shouldn't be, but as we said, and can't stress enough that this is where the NBA is at right now. So for yeah. the people that want to complain about that, like look at the Times league and changing. complain about the league. Times are changing. Absolutely. And just for to piss those people off even more, if they are listening, uh, front office sports had the breakdown for how crazy it is. Uh, in 2024, 2025, he will make over 52.3 million in 2025, 2026. He'll make over $56.5 million in 26, 27, uh, just under 61 million in 2027, 2028 season. He makes just under 65 million. And then in the 2028, 2029 season, he is making just over $69.1 million. So yeah. pretty nice little pay raise for Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, again, well-deserved because he has put in the effort and the time and has grown himself into a pretty nice player in this league. Yeah. And again, you're excited to see where a full year of him and, and Tatum as the, you know, the two real leaders of this team. Cause again, that's where I think we're, we're excited to see them both step into, you know, super big time leader roles with, you know, Marcus Smart being gone and, you know, transitioning to the two J's as being the full-time leaders of the team. I- I'm excited to see where it goes. And like you said too, that the, you are a much better team and your championship window is, is open for much longer with him here rather than without him here. Undoubtedly. And he's been hanging out with my boy, um cousin stiz lately so shout out to cousin stiz he's dropping a new song on tuesday very excited um but yeah i mean he's he's a foundational piece you had to keep him around the financials aren't lovely but it's just how the league's gonna go we gotta Mm -hmm. deal with it um and yeah the Celtics are in a good spot this is their biggest priority these last few weeks is nailing this down there's been plenty of negotiations from the sound of things and they got it done Mm -hmm. so now it's on the next season lock it in and we'll see where it goes because this is a damn good team still. And Jalen Brown makes it better. That's undeniable. Absolutely. So, um, on to the Red Sox. This is another bit of news. We didn't have pulled the rug yesterday. out from under us and had the best news of the day, depending on how you look at the player. I'm sh- can't imagine there were a lot of Red Sox it fans that were upset about this. I gotta be honest. Like, I don't know how they got this much. I don't either. That's yeah, what, I, I, that's why I say and, it. there's people that are upset about trading Kike Hernandez. The fact that you were able to get two, not bona fide because only one guy's been in the majors, but like two actual relievers that have had some success at the minor league yeah. level for Kike Hernandez, who's been stat wise arguably the worst player Terrible. in baseball. Like, and that's not and an understatement. Dude, you should be jumping for joy. They got Nick Robertson from the yep. Leafs. Yeah, high masterclass. Mm, um, absolutely. But like. This deal, I don't, I don't understand it. This Hagenman kid is really good, and from the looks of it, and Nick Robinson has played MLB games. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, has not had some success, you, a ton of success, but has not played a lot. I gotta of be MLB honest. Games, no. You can't complain about this deal. No. What is there to complain nope. about? No, because I mean, just to to start it off, the clock was ticking obviously on this. You had uh, Pablo Reyes get activated, I think, on Monday or on Sunday or whatever day it was. 
Um, so you needed to make a roster spot for him, and they sent down a pitcher. So it's like, okay, you, you kick the can down the, the road a little further. Um, you still have, at the time, obviously, Kike, uh, Reyes, Arroyo, Yu Chang for one to two positions, depending on who you put ashore to second base. You have Trevor Story, who's ramping up his rehab assignment. He's going to DH, I think, tonight. Um, you know, to run double of the game I was at last week when there he was did. a monsoon. He's, yeah, he started. Ran to my Uber in a monsoon. My shoes were. That's right. That was the like slip and slide. Half. Fenway got exposed for not having any sort of drainage system and being the hundred plus year old ballpark that it was. You we were unfortunately at that game. I was talking um, to my roommate who was listening to this. I was like, "It's like it's gonna rain. Like we we got to really map this out. Like, is it worth it?" And no matter what we did. There was no forecasting for a monsoon. No. I was a little worried. I was like, do we want to go if it's going to get rained out at like 8, 8.30? Like, we got to mm-hmm. think about this. Ended up going. It was a solid game to start, you know. We saw you hit a two-run double. Didn't expect that. Yep. Um, unfortunately, saw Brandon Nemo hit a home run. Um, it was a solid game. Got rained out. And then there was a monsoon. So, that was fun. Now, would you have been able to, do you know, would you have been able to go to the first game of the doubleheader on, what was that, Sunday? So they no, have Saturday, they was- had that. Was a I ticket was seeing Oppenheimer good. and the re- theatrical re-release of Toy Story that day. So that's yeah. a hell of a combination. That, that's a Two, that's a doubleheader. Totally ends tired, the spectrum. Tired Barbenheimer, wired Oppenheimer, Toy Story. There you go. Toy Story is an iconic movie, and I was too young to have seen it in theaters. I think it actually came out in '95, so I wasn't alive. I wasn't even born um, yet. Yep. Yeah, I think two came out in '97, one in '95. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's where I was at as we get on this little mm-hmm. tangent. Back to the Kike trade, though. Like, there's nothing to complain. Can't about. be mad about it. No, because again, depth. it was it was a move a, you had to make. A shrewd too. move. This is the mm-hmm. definition of a shrewd high and bloom. Move, you know, yeah. you can't love everything he does, but every once in a while, he makes these shrewd little moves that make you think mm-hmm. and you know pique your interest. And it works for me in every way. I have zero complaints. No, like I said, I don't know how you can unless you're just a Kike Hernandez lover and you're still living in the postseason of 2021 where he turned into Barry Bonds for a couple weeks stretch. Like this is, again, a move that had to be made. And again, the fact that you were able to get something, especially for your big league roster, I think Nick Robert, yeah, Nick Robertson is the one that's on it right now. Um, he's been one of the system Red Sox stats. Nick Robertson has been one of the best relievers in all of AAA baseball this year. He was on LA's midseason uh, BA top 30, which is obviously the prospects, uh, the 25th prospect in the Dodgers organization as a 6'6 right-hander that has a 38% strike percent, uh, strikeout percentage, a 17% swing and miss on strikes percentage, and an 81% contact on zone swings plus a 50% ground ball percentage. Uh, again, so all advanced stats. If you're people that are into that, those are all pretty good numbers. 27 games, a 254 ERA in the minors, 42 Ks, nine walks, uh, again, FIP is what a lot of people read into when it comes to um, talking about how good a player is, a 295. MLB has not had a ton of success, but hasn't had a ton of innings. Nine games, 0-1 with a 6-10 ERA, uh, 10 in the third innings of work, 13 Ks, four walks, and a 319 FIP. But again, you're getting a reliever. You're getting an arm for Kike Hernandez, the other guy that you were high on, Justin Hageman. Uh, 25 games in the minors, five stars, so he's pretty versatile as the Red Sox like. 4-0, a 278 ERA, and 55 innings of work. 60 Ks, 11 walks, which is a good number there in 55 yeah, innings of work. It's a great ratio. Yeah. Uh, comes out to a 107 whip and a 488 FIP or FIP for the people that, again, read into it. Um, Red Sox also had to eat $2.5 million of the remaining 3.6 on Kike's contract. Again, who cares yeah, if you have to John eat money? Henry does. That's all that matters. Uh, exactly. He's probably, yeah, kicking himself right now. Is. But, oh. uh, yeah. 
2.5 million out of my billions. Ugh. Yeah, how are we going to pay for all those renovations around Fenway Park? And we need new hey. drainage systems now, as last week showed. How about you give me $2.5 million, John Hardy? You fuck. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it too, even if you want to defend Kike Hernandez and like if you're mad at the Red Sox for trading him, which again, if you are, you're delusional. Um, yeah, but weird. they they could have sent him to, you know, the good, the, the, you know, East bumfuck out there somewhere. They sent him to the Dodgers where he's familiar. I don't know yeah, if you saw the video on Twitter that's been going around. Uh, first time back in the clubhouse. He's dancing, having the time of his life. So he's yeah. happy to be there. They didn't put yeah. him in a bad situation. He's a freaking so. golden retriever. He'll be fine anywhere he exactly. goes. Exactly. He goes yeah. to Oakland. Like, yeah. Or the freaking Angels. Like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, again, this is a move that had to be made. You have five, four or five guys for two positions that needed to be moved. They weren't going to DFA him as Chris Cotello had. He had the quote, um, there was no internal conversations about DFA and Kike as of the All-Star break. Um, but like I said, this broke pretty quick. The Athletics, Fabian Ardai, I believe on Monday, had the, the, the report out there that the Dodgers were considering a reunion with them. That obviously happens. Um, and again, the Red Sox, I think, end up doing pretty well. They end up saving some money, too. Or maybe they go out and make another move because there are some other rumblings um, that are on the horizon. This was from, again, just kind of grouped all these tweets together. Sean McAdam had the Braves have expressed interest in Adam Duvall. Uh, and Jeff Passan had the Red Sox are going to add the trade deadline and will be likely be getting an arm in the coming week. Mark Feinsand had the potential fits for the Red Sox at the deadline include Tony Kemp of the Athletics. Reynaldo Lopez of the White Sox, Jordan Montgomery of the Cardinals, and one familiar face in Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, currently of the Detroit Tigers. Any thought? Well, I'm going to get into these a little more in depth, but any initial thoughts on this Duval stuff, where the Red Sox are heading deadline-wise, or any of those names I mentioned? I would prefer to keep Adam Duval. Mm-hmm. I think trading Kike really makes that a little easier. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. The only guy I really like about the fine sand from the names uh, fine sand mentioned is Jordan Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're like not E-Rod. big on brand E-Rod back? No, like he's got a fairly pricey contract. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a really good year, but um, from last I saw, at least. I don't know. I don't know if you bring E-Rod back. I don't know if it's, he just, does. it's just a gut feeling type of thing or what, but I can't really put my finger on no, it. No, see, I'm... I kind of want. I also want Blake Snell. More yeah, he's that. not. He's getting not getting. I think the Padres came out either yesterday or Monday and said oh. they're probably not going to move him or Hater. Right. So that I, I wanted think, Snell too, I, but yeah, I think Montgomery would be cheaper, and he's a solid player from mm-hmm. what I've gathered. I'm on the Montgomery train. I like Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, I like keeping Duvall. Uh, Erod, like I'm not going to be mad if they trade for Erod, but like. I'm glad you brought up the point. Sorry to cut you off because I wanted to get no, this before ahead. I forgot about it, that you said that you really couldn't put your finger on why you don't want Eduardo Rodriguez back. I felt the same way putting the outline together today. I'm like, I like he, he obviously contributed to the Red Sox quite a bit, obviously, when they acquired him and then obviously in that World Series run. But I just, I same thing. I don't know why I just don't want a second go around of Hero because yeah. I feel like we saw times where he was really, really good. And it's like, okay, this guy looks dominant. And Obviously then there's other games. Issues, but yeah, that the, too. The pitching name outside of Montgomery that I like the most, and you know, the guys popped around a lot of places, but I think of a, a market, you, know, you could pick this apart depending on what you think of how he did in certain markets in the past. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Stroman could handle Boston like no problem and be pretty good here. I'm on the fence about that because he loves getting into it with fans on Twitter and, and, you know, coming at the media. So I don't know if Boston would be the best place for him. I don't know. Like, I think obviously, I mean, he was able he, to he survive like, New York. Like, so 
He's he's he goes at it with people, but like he's not like it's not because he's like fragile. He's not me. a head case. Yeah, I think it's just he's just a, a kind of a psycho competitive mm-hmm. competitiveness wise. Kind oh, of absolutely. like in a similar vein to Nick Pavetta, but not mm-hmm. in a similar vein at the same time. But like kind of that like psycho competitiveness factor. Yep. I just think like, Marcus Stroman could be fine here. That's a guy I, I'm I'm very intrigued about. I like I'd like him too. Um, I just for some uh, as I'll get into because I have some predictions as I've done the last couple of years when we do deadline stuff previews. Yeah. I have him going to another AL East team, uh, but I wanted to really w- quickly run through kind of my thought process on the, on the four names mentioned. Um, Erod, I'm with you. Like I'm on the fence. I wouldn't hate him coming back. I wouldn't necessarily like it with other options out there. Um, like you said, it is going to be pricey. Fourteen million dollars owed this year. Eighteen million dollars next year. Sixteen million in 2025. Uh, 15 mil in 2026. I believe he has a player option. Um, so he could opt out at the either end of this year or the end of next year. If he, you know, doesn't get straight and doesn't want to be here. Um, but he does fit the bill Heim Bloom because of course he's not just looking at this year. He's always looking towards the future with these Red Sox teams. Um, apparently had a comment the other day was asked about what their direction is going to be at the deadline or something along the lines of it. And he said the Red Sox, or he wants to prioritize trading for guys that have more years of control rather than just a one-year rental type of guy, like a guy like Jordan Montgomery um, comes on, it comes into Ronaldo Lopez, same thing. They're both free agents at the end of the season. So maybe Erod is that guy they're looking at because Dylan Cease is apparently off the board. The, the White Sox said they've declined all calls on him. Um, who was the other name? There was another pitcher. Um, Snell's up at the end of the year, so it wasn't him. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy with some tenure. Um, that might be available, but Erod fits that bill. Like I said, wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't necessarily like it. Obviously we know what he can do. He's had plenty of success here. Um, so wouldn't be the worst thing to bring him back. But again, I think there are better options. I'm with you. I prefer Jordan Montgomery, even if it is just that one year rental thing. Uh, we saw what he did with a change of scenery at the trade deadline last year, went off and arguably was the Cardinals best pitcher this year. He's been okay. 20 games, six and eight with a three thirty seven ERA. but we know he does have success in the American League and the American League East in particular with those years with the Yankees. You need an innings either at the back of the rotation. I know you are getting guys like Chris Sale back, um, but it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt rather to have just another guy that can obviously fill into rotation, eat some innings, make some starts. Jordan Montgomery uh, would be that guy. Lopez you, is an interesting – go on. ahead. One, did you see who the – the uh, Guardians got back for Rosario. No, I w- that's I forgot to mention that that there was a trade that broke right before we jumped on. Um, that nixed one of my trade predictions. But who? Noah oh. Syndergaard is going so, to the Guardians. So is it a one for one then? Yes, that's what it looks like. That's bizarre. So that makes me think about a certain Guardians pitcher that they may be more, more willing to move. And who would that be, be of interest? to the Red Sox. And that would be one Shane Bieber. Does do you think this makes them more willing to trade him with a top of the more top of the rotation right-hander nope. or this has no effect on it? No effect cuz he is on the 60-day okay, in- he was transferred to the 60-day injury list so he is Oh, he's hurt. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> All yes. right. Didn't he's know dealing that. with some this sort is, of either a latch strain or yep, something cuz I your your yep. knowledge of these things. I initially had him in the, cause like I had, I said, I have a top 10 players that I believe won't be traded in 10 ish or so players that will. Uh, I had him originally in the top 10 that won't be moved, but I thought that was kind of cheating because I can't imagine the guardians are going to trade a guy that's on the 60 day injured list. Unless the team no, wants no. to, again, is, is looking towards the future and uh, maybe thinks they can resign him. I can't remember what his contract situation is. Um, but yeah, I think any chance of him getting traded is, is off the table. Um, no matter who the Guardians get. But that is weird that it is a one-for-one 
Ahmed Rosario for, for Noah Syndergaard. Cause that to me would have signified that the guardians, even though they're like three or four games out of the division would be selling. Cause he's a pretty solid piece of that, that offense, you know, a top of the order bat. So that, that is interesting to me. Um, interesting too, that the Dodgers double up on right-handed kind of middle infielders, utility guys. Cause I think Rosario can play some outfield, um, you know, getting Kike and now getting him, but a, a solid trade all around the guardians obviously think they need some more pitching help and, you know, Syndergaard can pitch out of the bullpen can start for them. So that's not a, a terrible trade by any means. No, yeah, I was just surprised to see it as a one, one for yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say guards on the move like once a year now. So. It's yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, Adam Duvall could be two if the Red Sox want to trade him, which I never understand that. By the Braves, it would be I think the third time. Um, I'm trying to find it here. I had it. Uh, third time he's been traded in his career. I think this would be the third time he was traded, or fourth time traded at the deadline. Third time to the the Braves. He was traded in 2015. Um, from the Giants with Giants and Reds deal. Uh, Mike Leak was traded to the Reds or traded to the Giants, I believe. Kerry Mella and Adam Duvall went to the Reds or vice versa. I can't remember exactly how that deal went down. 2018, a deal was with the Reds because I have it in the next thing. Duvall was traded for Lucas Sims and Matt Whistler and an outfield prospect and Preston Tucker um, to the Braves. And then 2021, he was traded um, from the Marlins back to the Braves for straight up the number 16 prospect in the Braves organization, Alex Jackson. So, if I was out of Duval, I'd be going to the Red Sox office being like, hey, could you guys just hold on to me? Because I'm tired of getting traded at the deadline. Yeah. And, um, and if he was traded it. to the Braves, I'd be like, could you guys just re-sign me at the end of the offseason instead of having me go somewhere else and then yeah. getting re-upped like, halfway through the year? But If you're the Red Sox and you're making a push now, or at least you're going to try to um, over the next few weeks, don't you want a guy like Duval that just want to? You would think, yeah, a nice right-handed bat in the middle, a I mean, veteran he, guy. He hasn't had a full chance to prove himself with that injury for a while. Like, mm-hmm. that's he's starting like, to come around a little bit too. He you, struggled you after. Can trade? You don't have to trade. He mm-hmm. falls into that that pile for me. Yeah, like I said, I think I, I thought they were just going to be loyal to Kike all season and not trade him, not DFA him. I thought if you were going to trade a right-handed bat at the deadline, it was going to be Duval because he'd probably get you more. Uh, but now that Hernandez is gone, you still have a little bit of a log jam in the outfield. Like I want Duran playing pretty much every day. I don't really care about the splits with him. Verdugo starting to struggle or is has been struggling. You hope he comes out of it. But with him scuffling, I think that obviously makes a decision of keeping Duvall a little easier. Um, obviously, the other guy we didn't talk about was Tony Kemp. Um, you know, can't play the outfield, can play second base. There were reports the Red Sox maybe wanted a left-handed infielder, which I don't understand because as soon as Trevor Story comes back, you're going to have a log jam again at the position. Like fellow people talking about that too, that are like, Oh, what do you do if, you know, when story comes back, who do you move? Like it's you Chang is the easiest decision. You DFA him. Yeah. I know people like his defense, but I don't know how much you can keep a guy that's batting 170 around yeah. much longer. And Reyes is back. I like him better than Chang anyway. Yeah. Um, and he's more versatile too. So the Tony Kemp one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That just would scream the typical meh kind of minor Heim bloom move where you mm-hmm. get a guy just to kind of get a guy. Um, yeah. So I, I'm out on that one. I don't really care about getting a left-handed bat. Like I think as yeah. soon as you bring story back, your infield is set for the most part, but like, and then will, Lopez go ahead real quick. Cause I was going to just going to bring up Lopez um, will, to end it. before you get more in depth. Um, if you have more thoughts on the trades that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one, do you think Bobby Dahlbeck is a member of the Red Sox organization by the, um, the time the trade deadline closes? Mm-hmm. And I will give my prediction. I will say a guy you sold me on, Jonathan India and Jordan Montgomery, by the end of the trade deadline, are Boston Red Sox. Jonathan India would be a big move, and I would wouldn't hate it. 
But again, it would clog up. Go, I mean, go, it wouldn't clog bold. up your infield because it would bold. make up a yeah. If you want to go bold, you absolutely. Sold me and again, on Jonathan that, India, and I watched him live, so I know ball about Jonathan. There you go. Uh, that just real quick on that too. It's I, again, I get that the the Reds are coming from the same thing as we have a log jam at the infield position with all these young kids that are coming up. But Jonathan India is the most proven infielder outside of Joey Votto on that team. I don't know why you'd want to move on from him. A guy that's won a Rookie of the Year. He's been pretty is. consistent. He he, you know, plays pretty much every game. I think he's played every game that the Reds have played in this season. Um, I didn't realize he was as good as you said he was. I he's he yeah. kind of okay. He, he's a decent little player. Like, I was looking again the other day. Like, I thought he was a, had, like, higher average type of thing. But, again, he shows up every day, competes, you know, goes out there, has big hits from time to time. So, I don't know why the, the Reds would want to dangle him, maybe outside of a prospect. Because, um, again, there is that, you know, known commodity in India compared to a prospect you don't know about. Um, but I think if there's a trade to be made, Talking about Eduardo Rodriguez, I'm going to spoil one of my guys that I think will definitely be moved. I think you could maybe be looking at, because the Reds obviously want controllable pitching. Like, same thing you saw tonight with the Dodgers and the um, the Guardians, a one-for-one one India for Rodriguez swap. He goes to the Reds, Rosario. India goes to the Tigers. Yeah, Rosario but I... Yep. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, so that was kind of one of my bigger ones, I think. If Eduardo, if Erod gets moved, the other sneaky picks who I have is back to Baltimore. That'd be kind of cool to see him kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh but again, with the report that the Red Sox want controllability, wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he ends up back here, which would not be the worst thing, but also wouldn't be the best thing. Speaking of Baltimore, I was did they make another trade last week? Oh, they're in the mix on Shohei Otani. I threw it out there. They Talk did, yeah. You. They're doing doing their due they, diligence. Damn, the Marlins. I think Baltimore Orioles. There are so many reasons to trade for Shohei Otani. You're on the come up. You've acquired tons of good players on your MLB roster. And I assume from what I've heard, they've got a good amount of them in the minor system as well. Oh, absolutely. And every year for so long, this division has been dominated by, oh, it's the Rays division. It's the Red Sox, the Yankees for so long, more so the Red Sox and the Yankees, of course. Why not just swing for the fences do you want him as a rental if you're a team like the Orioles? I don't know. But, like, if you have confidence that you can sign him, you should. I mean, there's rumblings that he wants to play long-term out west. Don't Stay know on the how west true coast, that is. Yep. But if you're the Orioles, I think you should be all over him. And the Diamondbacks, too. Like, they're in the mix, too. Like, mm-hmm. you're the Arizona Diamondbacks. If you can get a franchise player, maybe a guy who can become the greatest baseball player ever might already be. You should be all over Shohei Otani. The Diamondbacks would be an interesting one because obviously it fits. It's not as obviously far west as L- the LA's of the world. Um, but you get him, you put him in there as a one-two punch with Zach Allen. Yeah. The Diamondbacks also, offense has been good with Corbin Carroll as a young stud and Cattell Marte's had a, a great season. Like that would be a of, pretty dynamic team. Think of Arizona too. The Cardinals suck. The Coyotes mm-hmm. play in a college rink and they suck. Even though That's they might true. Sign- that would, yeah. I forgot to mention the hockey segment. They might get Logan Cooley to decide against going to Minnesota and sign with the Coyotes. That would be big for them. You've got the Cardinals. You've got the Coyotes. You've got the Diamondbacks, who are like kind of on the upswing, but whatever. And mm-hmm. who the hell else? Who's the other? The yeah, Suns are their biggest draw right now. The Suns, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking an Arizona team in, uh, in um bmba but i didn't make the connection to phoenix um mm-hmm. all you have is the suns like if you're a team like arizona and you potentially have a once in the lifetime opportunity to trade for a guy that could become the greatest player ever you should do it baltimore would be so Orioles, much fun though too like that would, would put them awesome. over the top It'd of the awesome american league that uniform 
even. It'd be weird great to see uniform. him in. Yeah. Great. My, maybe my favorite uniform in the MLB is the Orioles. It is a good uniform. Besides the A's. The A's yeah. suck, but the A's, best hat. That's got the league. one thing they got going for them. Yep, it's a uniform. Yeah, oh, the hat is perfect in every mm-hmm. way. The logo, great. I mean, it's going to change when they go to Vegas. But, yep. um, man, oh, it's really going to be fascinating to see how the Otani thing um, shakes out because whether he's rental or not, he's going to get $600 million. Mm-hmm. Um, the return is going to be ridiculous. Not involving first-round picks like Colin Coward thought. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Yep. Like, come on. I know baseball isn't your thing, but mm. I feel like that's a well picks in baseball. Dude, I feel like that that's a, a well-known, that a well-known thing. Fact. Yep, absolutely. That is the only sport that was big, crazy to me. Big four where you can't. Tra- I don't know if you can trade. You can't trade draft picks in soccer, and there is no draft in soccer. I what I'm talking about. Um, do that now. So I just had my my Colin Coward moment there, but yeah, I mean that's well that's known. That saying, out of the four, that's what they'll be saying next. They'll be saying yeah. like. Um, if Mbappe was going to like have his pick of teams before he's getting paid $1.1 billion. Yeah. Did you oh, see he turned it, down $776 million today? I know we're on a big soccer down? podcast. I was pretty sure I saw a tweet right before we jumped on that he was going to decline the $776 million. People got a problem and with Jalen Brown's contract. $32 million transfer free. That's over a billion yeah. dollars. For one year. Just looking at that on paper. He's one year for $774 years old. You are set for... A billion lifetimes. You are set for generations. Yeah. Your um, kids, 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 kids are going to be oh phenomenally God. well a little, off. A little tangent there, but a funny one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the people that are like, why don't they ever talk soccer? There you go. We did a whole there we did. minute that's on our, soccer. That's our soccer yep. for the next three years. It's, yeah, exactly. I was going to say the year, but yeah, <laughs> that that's even better. Um, so yeah, as we kind of alluded to, I have a, a top 10 list of guys that I, I don't think will be traded. And I think definitely will be traded. That's more than 10 ish. Cause I kind of cheated. Um, this one's more than 10 ish too. We'll start with the number 10 and it's any big time Yankee, AKA Glaber Torres, Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Cause the Yankees are stupid. And as I saw on Twitter today, they themselves don't really know what direction they want to go in at the trade deadline. On um, their reports a couple weeks ago or last week that said they maybe want to add a catcher, maybe want an outfielder. Um, they're on the verge. I don't know if they're beating the Mets tonight or if that game started off yet, but they lost last night. They're in last place again in the American League East, um, falling further and further out of the wild card spot. They're not going to get the division. You know, I think they're getting judged back on Friday, so maybe that'll change some things around. But the Yankees need to pick a lane. They're not going to pick the right one. They're not going to blow it up. They're not going to trade off pieces. So I don't think any big time, they'll probably be buyers, you know, sitting in last place, um, which I feel like Yankees fans at this point want to see them trade some guys off and make some changes and fire some people. Uh, But they're the Yankees. They won't do that. They don't do that. So I think anybody of value, there aren't many guys in the Yankees that are are worth anything as of right now, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't know if you feel differently. Um, I think the Yankees, either buy or they're probably going to stand pat, which would be a, a very bizarre and, and stupid move. If you ask me. Yeah, I agree. All right. Fair enough. Number nine, this one may be cheating a little bit. Cause I, as we know, the Red Sox are going to be buyers. So it would make a lot of sense to trade James Paxson off the team. Um, I think Ken Rosenthal had the report to her the other day that even though he is going to be a probably a pretty hot commodity, uh, the Red Sox will most likely not be trading him because of where they are in the trade deadline and that at the position um, in the standings, that makes sense. Cardinals, Will they sell? Will they will? Uh, will they won't they? Type of thing. I thought I saw a report that said they're not going to move any other you know bigger name guys. So I think Paul Goldschmidt stays there. Luis Robert of the White Sox. I think he stays put, even though he probably garnered some wait. interest. What's it's up? Luis Robert. Yep. I, I think it, it changes so every year. It changes it's one of those I've, names. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. 
Because I think when he started in the league, it was Robert. Then a year in, he was like, I want to be Robert. Luis and then Robert. now it's back to Robert. Worse. No offense. It does. If that's yeah. how it is. But Ro- Luis Robert rules off the tongue. It does. Uh, number six for me, an interesting one. The Pittsburgh Pirates would probably be sellers of the deadline. They usually are. Um, Andrew McCutcheon would probably get a decent amount of teams interested. Veteran guy has been to the playoffs, you know, has had success. But I'm pretty sure he's at this point where he wants to maybe end his career there. And I think there were reports earlier um, in the month or a couple weeks ago that said he is most likely going to stay put in Pittsburgh. One of the guys that will not move. So that would make sense there. There are reports that Wilson Contreras of the Cardinals is on the trade block, um, is which is kind of crazy. Is this his first season on the Cardinals? First year of a five-year, I think, $85.5 million contract or whatever he signed for. And like I think we talked about it at the start of the year. Uh, he was, I think, a lot of the blame, wrongfully so, at the Cardinals for their struggles at the start of the year. I think they yeah, put some blame that. on the way he called games and stuff, which is like, all right, if all your pitching success was based on Yadier Molina, you're kind of pathetic of a baseball team. Yeah. Like you lose one guy yeah. and the whole operation goes south. So, um, so they, they were doing hire Yadi. Exactly. Yeah. Make him the pitching coach. If it's that bad. Um, I just don't think too, you're going to be able to find a trade partner. I think there'll be teams that are in on catchers. We'll get to on guys that I think will be moved. Um, but I don't know how easy it's going to be to move a guy that still has four years left. Um, like I said, of a big contract that he signed just this previous off season. So he's probably a guy that gets dealt in the off season. If I had to guess sticking with the Cardinals, I don't think Nolan Arenado goes anywhere. Like I said, I think there was a report that said him and Goldschmidt are probably going to stay Justin Verlander for the Mets. I feel like the Mets might fall into the same category of, are we going to buy? Are we going to sell? Are we still in this thing? And again, he's making, uh, I think like $43 million yeah. this year and next. So that's going to be a tough contract to move as well. Um, but crazy things have happened. I saw some people saying they think he'd go back to the Astros. I did see that. I saw somebody say the Red Sox should make a run. I was a Red Sox writer. All set. Um, All set. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I like Justin point. Verlander, but not at this point, All not set. for that money. Same thing with Max Scherzer. If I had to pick one of the two, though, I think Scherzer probably goes. He's the free agent at yeah. the end of the year, so that that pill's easier to swallow. Um, yeah, but, I think if you're looking for a rental, it's Max Scherzer. One of the yep. guys, spoiler, that you're going to get to that I would love if they could get him long-term is Juan Soto. Yep, but as the Padres said, they're big three. Unfortunate. Very yep. unfortunate. They, they would get, get a, I mean, they get a lot back for Soto, 100%. They get a decent haul back for Snell and Hader as well. But I'm surprised they, out of the three of them, like Hader out of the three would be the one I'd look to move just because I think you could probably get. He's the um, head case too, right? He's the um, guy's a little, little wild so. off the field. Or am I mixing him up with someone else? I don't I'm know. mixing him up with Clevenger. I mix him and Clevenger. Oh, oh long hair. That makes sense. Yeah, it's the long hair. My, um, my mistake. Similar sorry, look. Josh, Josh yeah. listens to the pod. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Josh. It's okay. I think he forgives us. But yeah, I mean, that was a little surprising. The Padres, they're still in it. They're on a bit, little bit of a win streak now, so maybe not the most surprising that they want to stay put. But I'm a little surprised, uh, to keep using that word, that they're at least not going to take calls on either Hater or Snell. Soto doesn't surprise me. That I don't think they were going to move him really anyway. And then the number one one, as I already alluded to, uh, is Shohei Otani. As much as we just talked about him, how fun it would be for him to be with the Orioles or the Diamondbacks, someone like that, a good young team. I just don't think the, the price is going to be there for multiple reasons. I don't think teams are going to want to give up a ton of prospects for a guy that they might lose at the end of the season. And rightfully so the angels should ask for a boatload because he is the best player in baseball um, without a doubt. But like I said, do you want to gut your farm system for a, a rental? I saw one, if I do it in a heartbeat, but it would never get done. I don't know if you saw that there was an article the other day that was posted about like top five trade packages for Shohei Otani for playoff contenders. The Red Sox were on the list and it was a one for one swap of Otani um, for Marcelo Mayer, 
which I was like, there's no way that happens. If no the chance. Angels were stupid enough to do that, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I don't care how great of a player Mayer's probably going to be, uh, but that's a deal you do it nine times out of or 10 times out of 10. But no chance you do a one-for-one one prospect swap for Shohei Otani. That would be uh, GM suicide if, you know, you're running the Angels. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what you could maybe get if you can't get five first-round picks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you get a damn, I got to settle for the... No, yeah, like, I don't care how good the prospect is. You have to get three or four pieces minimum for Otani. Yeah, it's got to be at least or not. three out of your top we'll say 10 to 12 prospects and then at least two guys, two young players off your major league roster that can contribute right away. So like, that would be like Duran, Bayo, Mayer, probably like Roman. Like you throw the, the bag at the angels, which the Red Sox wouldn't do because they're not in the business to do that anymore. Um, but you'd have to give up a lot. It, like I said, it wouldn't be a one for one. The one I saw the Yankees, it was like Jason Dominguez, um, like Clark Schmidt and somebody else, it's like, okay, again, three for Otani is not going to get it done. So that's, yeah. as, as, again, as Dominguez great as the player as Dominguez though, is probably going to be. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Dominguez is a big name though, isn't he? Yeah, he's their number one prospect, I think, as the last time I looked. But again, like you're going to have to do more than just the one top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Like, you're going to have to load it up and no team's going to do that. I don't know. Do you feel any, I know I ran through a lot of names pretty quick. Is there anybody that stands out to you or maybe somebody that I, I didn't mention on a team that you don't think is going to get moved? If you had to pick no, someone. I don't have anyone outright I don't think is going to get moved. But mm-hmm. um, like I said, I just wish a couple of those Padres, if not all three, exactly, yeah, exactly. things up a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, because I think I Snell say, would be a, a solid piece here, as we talked about earlier. But the more I look at it, too, like I like Jordan Montgomery, but if we're talking to the Cardinals, too, I wouldn't mind Jack Flaherty either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's on my as we transition into that. My list of guys I think will go. I don't think he ends up with the Red Sox, though, unfortunately. Uh, starting with number 10 guy I talked about last week, Dave Robertson. Uh, if the Mets are going to sell, they're probably going to sell off some minor pieces, some rentals. He makes the most sense. He's had an excellent season um, getting up there in age, but 42, 40 games, a 205 ERA and 44 innings of work, 48 Ks, uh, a 199 average against and seven saves and 14 opportunities. Braves and the Reds, they both need bullpen help trying to make a run in that division. I think he ends up going there. Um, you get a nice setup guy for Devin Williams. If you're the Brewers, you get a nice setup guy for uh, Alexis Diaz. If you're the Reds, I think that move would make a lot of sense for either one of those teams battling it out. Like I said, for the NL central, um, number nine, Elias Diaz, the MVP of the all-star game catcher for the Rockies, the Marlins I saw were in potentially on some catching depth. The Yankees, as I said earlier, were looking to get some catching depth as well, or, you know, upgrade the catching position. If there's a catcher to be moved more so than Contreras, I think Diaz is probably the easier of the choices. Um, 10 homers this year, 48 RBIs would make a lot of sense for both of those teams. And as they said, the Yankees will probably end up being buyers, even though they shouldn't be. They'll probably end up making a move for this guy. They've been linked to him. Randall Gritchick is my number eight outfielder for the Rockies. Uh, If it's not the Yankees, the Twins or Guardians, same thing. One of those two teams is going to have to win that division to get into the playoffs. Uh, Both could use a right-handed power bat. Gritchick's had a nice season uh, in 60 games, hitting 313 with six homers and 25 RBIs. So a good little bat for whichever team he ends up going to. As you mentioned, Jack Flaherty is my seven uh, Cardinal starter, 19 games this year, seven and six with a 439 ERA. Um, I think the Astros and the Rangers pretty much all trade deadline are going to be trying to one up the other for pitching. So whichever one of these guys uh, or whichever one of these teams gets him will be in, in, in good shape uh, to get Flaherty. Number six, whichever guy or whichever team, like I said, doesn't get Flaherty might end up getting this guy. Michael Lorenzen of the Tigers, one of the first two Tigers I have getting traded. 
Um, 17 games, five and six with a 349 ERA and all-star for the Tigers. Um, again, Rangers, Astros, both could use some starting pitching depth. Uh, he'd help a lot with either one of those two teams. Number five, as we talked about, Eduardo Rodriguez. Like I said, the Reds could potentially end up doing a one-for-one swap um, with Jonathan India, or if the Red Sox want to stick to their belief that they want to get guys that they can you know, control for a couple of years, it would make a lot of sense to get Eduardo Rodriguez back here, um, which like if you're the Tigers, it stinks. You sign this guy to be the ace of your team a year or two back. Like you said, there were some health problems. If you trade him, I feel like that just kind of signifies too that like, what's the future of this team? Like they he was a guy one young. Of those teams that just don't have one until they actually get there. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of prospects pan out and you get lucky, but like I said, like it, it kind of sucks that you brought this. Like I said, you brought him in to be your ace. Things haven't panned out. You're going to trade him two years into the contract. Yeah, like kind of sucks if, if you rerun. If you're the Tigers, like, do you conceivably see yourself as a playoff team before the kid they drafted third this year gets there? True. Yeah, you're kind of so waiting like, on that kid, and like, yeah, if you can get something for Erod, like, of course, like he makes a lot of money over the next few years, but that team control could also be valuable in a sense. So yeah, it should net you something polarizing, pretty good. It's a polarizing trade piece mm-hmm, for, sure. for sure. Yep. Uh, number four for me, the Athletics' lone all-star this year. Brent Rooker's had a nice year in the power department, 16 homers, 44 RBIs, and 83 games. Like I said, Twins and Guardians, they need a right-handed bat. Maybe the Guardians need one a little bit more now that they don't have Ahmed Rosario anymore. I know different positions, but work with me here, people. Um, or the Rangers, they, again, could use a power bat. You know, They've had a good offense this season, but you know, outfield depth, you can never have too much of that, and Rooker would slide in nicely to that offense, um, especially now that Corey Seager is injured, so maybe he fills – uh, a role there as a power bat in the middle of the lineup. Well, he gets better. Um, number three, pretty much every rental White Sox player. Again, I cheated a little bit here, but the White Sox seem like they're going to be pretty big sellers, unless you're talking about Dylan Cease, who today I saw a tweet saying that they are not going to trade him. They've declined pretty much every call that they've had on him, which stinks. I think he'd be a guy that the Red Sox should take a run at. Um, I originally had him going to either the Orioles or the Giants, but we'll start with Joe Kelly. Like I said, Reds need a, another bullpen arm. Diamondbacks could use some bullpen help as well. Joe Kelly, a guy that's been proven uh, success in the playoffs, especially. Season, I think he goes yeah. – yeah, I think he goes to either one of those teams. Tim Anderson, I originally had going in a package deal with Lucas Giolito to the Dodgers, but now that the Dodgers got Ahmed Rosario, uh, kind of struggled to find a spot for Tim Anderson. Giants could maybe use him. Diamondbacks as well. What are your thoughts on him, if you have any? I'll just say this about the Reds, mentioning them with Joe Kelly. I don't want to play the Reds if I'm an NL team in the first round. I don't a good want young team hungry for, you know, playoff. I haven't been I in the playoffs in a while. Not want the Reds if I'm in the NL. Sneaky good team. That's a team that could realistically fuck around and win a couple rounds. Yeah, I could like I could definitely see Cinderella story type of thing if they yes. get in. Um I don't know where they are on the wild card right now or if they're still I think they're still leading the division over If the Milwaukee. Reds win a round I might bet on them to win the World Series. Could you imagine uh, Ellie De La Cruz, already a polarizing player as is, get him in a playoff series? Like, just watch him go. That's like the equivalent of the Blackhawks scraping up a a good enough roster to get Connor Bedard in the playoffs first year. That's yeah, year one. Yep. Really the equivalent. Like, mm-hmm. he is the Connor Bedard of the league right now. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, the other thing, too, on Tim Anderson, I know he's been – downright horrible this season so people are like oh, where what, what trade value does he have i think he's definitely a guy that falls into that you know change of scenery type of thing um obviously played his whole career with the white Sox. you get him out of there he might give you a little bit of a spark 
a veteran guy that can play the middle infield. So definitely could help a team there. Like I already said, Giolito, I think is destined to the Dodgers, especially if they don't get Lance Lynn, who I have going to the the Rays. There are one or two names every year that I see in the mix. I'm like, Dodger. Lucas Giolito is one of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, any big name pitcher that hits the market during the trade deadline. Lance Lynn hasn't had the greatest year, but like Lance Lynn has um, picked up enough, you know, weight on his name. I feel like the past few years. Mm-hmm. I can see him being a Dodger, 100%. Oh, I can't remember who had the tweet today, but it was a good one. They said, because it really, I think it's going to be a two-horse race between the Dodgers and the Rays. Those are the two teams that have been linked to Lynn the most over the last 24, 48 hours. And somebody said that it's like, okay, if the Dodgers or Rays want Lance Lynn, but like you said, how bad of a season he's had, doesn't that show you that they think they can, in typical yeah. Rays and Dodgers mm-hmm. fashion, turn, like the Dodgers have done with Ryan Brazier. I don't know if you saw, he's got like a 120 ERA for them. Ryan um, Brazier, dude. He won me that Adley Rushman bet by closing it oh, out that night. Yeah. There Adley you go. Rushman Dodgers money line. That was a great, that was a great win for me. There you go. Shout out Ryan but, Brazier. But yeah, I mean, Giolito, I think is destined to the Dodgers. Lynn, I think is destined to the Rays. Just it's a matter yeah, of time. One of, the, and, one and of them what, is going to end up there. Absolutely. I think we can say that safely. Yep, for sure. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, we talked about him a little bit. If the Red Sox don't want to bite on him, Giants, as I said, could use some starting pitching depth. Same thing with the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers, that's really their one weakness right now is they're kind of a, you know, top heavy rotation. You get him fill out that rotation. And again, we saw last year, he was a spark plug um, type of guy for the Cardinals and their run to the playoffs. So very well could see him doing that again. Um, and then number one, the two-way tie with the Cubs. I, don't, I like, I feel like a lot of people kind of think the Cubs don't really know what they want to do either. If they're going to be buyers or sellers, I think they're probably going to end up selling. I think they're six or seven games out of that third wild card spot. Uh, so a tough position to be in there. Cody Bellinger is destined to be moved. I think he's going to be the hottest bat of the um, trade deadline. I saw maybe the Rangers linked to him, the Marlins as well. Uh, the but Yankees I were better. He screams the Yankees. Absolutely. That was so yep, much. That was the start of the month. People were like, oh, he's destined to go to the Yankees. And they started losing games. It's like, okay, maybe right, the so. Yankees don't buy. Um, it's a shame, man. It's a shame. I'd hate to see that too, because Cody Bellinger's had such a phenomenal season, a bounce back year. Um, he's been great for the Cubs to see him go to the Yankees. If that would happen would just be such a kick in the pants. It'd be so um, funny too, because like it pretty much. Oh, you know, Yankees fans would be like, we got Bellinger. Like, Oh, we're going to come out from the, the seller of the division. O- and- now we're going to get Otani and Soto yep. in the off season. Yeah, exactly. Just till get rid of, he's on a one-year contract. So get ready for that. When the off season starts, Yankees need an outfield bat, maybe a first baseman. They'll get Bellinger. He'll be great. I think um, the funniest thing with the Yankees this year too, is how good Aaron Hicks has been since for the Orioles yeah yeah (laughs) that's just classic oh again change of scenery guy couldn't hack it in New York we've seen that plenty of times with guys they get out and Sonny Gray is another one stunk when he was with the Yankees now he's dominant was at the start of the year dominating with the twins um but Bellinger to me keep an eye on Dave Dombrowski loves to make those big moves does seem like a Dombrowski guy Phillies could use I Bryce Harper's been good over there made a great catch he almost killed himself jumping into the camera well his first night at first base but Get a real first baseman for a playoff run. Cody Bellinger could slot in there. Get Kyle Schwarber out of left field because he's been horrendous out there. He's not, as we know, he's not a good defender in the outfield. Bellinger could slide in there as well or play some center field, move some guys around. So that would be a good versatile ad for the Phillies for their playoff push. And Marcus Stroman, as I alluded to, um, I think a Blue Jays reunion is destined for him. Really haven't seen a lot of other teams interested or at least rumblings of the Blue Jays were the first team I saw. And again, it makes a lot of sense. Um, get him back there for the Blue Jays playoff push. Cause like you said, he is a guy that, you know, definitely can step up in the big moments and is not uh, shy when it comes to that market. And has again, plenty of familiarity with the American league and the AL East. So 
Blue Jays would be a good addition for him. No, I agree. All right. Absolutely. Any other names maybe that come to the top of your mind that I did not mention? Guys you maybe want to see moved, maybe a sneaky move that you think could happen, or maybe some other uh, guys on this list that you think could go elsewhere. I would have said Shane Bieber if I if he wasn't hurt. Yep, uh, I had him going to maybe the Giants. I can't remember exactly, but definitely had him on the list at first. Then when he got hurt, I'm like, okay, he's not going to get moved at all, and then completely yeah. took him off. He won't be moved because it's obvious. Like you're not going to trade for guys on the 60 day injured list. It won't be back. I saw her until I think it's like mid-September. So yeah, at that point, it's a, that's a gamble and a half trading for that guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, nothing too crazy for me. Um, nope. I think I'm in like paying attention to most of the consensus names. No one really right. outside of the box. But I do wonder, like I said with the Red Sox, if Bobby Delbeck gets moved. So we'll see yeah, I, on that. I didn't even answer that. You asked me that earlier, and I completely just did I didn't not answer you. you didn't answer it. So yeah, okay. so apologies about that. Um, but like, yeah, that's a move I think the Red Sox should be stupid not to make. Like, you're getting all these prospects in here. Guys are getting called up to Worcester. They're starting to, you know, bang on the door a little bit here. Delbeck's probably your best trade piece from just a guy. big Guy with big league experience has had success this year in AAA. Doesn't yeah. have a roster spot here in Boston move him for some sort of pitching yeah. help. I think that would be like a one for one type of swap would make a lot of sense. Um, wonder, if there's a team out there that needs him. I wonder if he could be commoditized by certain teams as well, because you know, whether they need depth of the position or not, but like it's one of those guys like playing pretty good and like a kind of like an FU year to try to prove himself again mm-hmm. in triple a does the right team take advantage of that and see him as a guy that can play fairly regularly, maybe, but he's an interesting guy. Um, to watch for me but i think we're good to transition into some patriots and nfl stuff as we wrap the show up here mm-hmm. um trent brown juju smith schuster lawrence guy and jack jones were all in attendance today at training camp uh marte mapu is still recovering uh for shoulder surgery he was in red knot contact jersey so i saw i totally uh glanced by the article to read it but it sounds like uh bill belichick is excited to have him around which is good mm-hmm. um Special teamers Chad Rowland and Bryce Barringer um, were the first two Patriots spot on the field today. And they signed a guy that had been linked to last year from Navy, Diego Fago and Jalen Hurd. Fago sounds like he could be a good special teams guy, so that piques my interest with yep. how the Patriots have done with special teams guys. But Jalen Hurd's very interesting because he's a third-round pick, fairly highly touted receiver in that draft, just – ridiculous injury trouble like mm-hmm. i'm not sure he, i don't think he stepped a game like stepped on the field once he has he's not. got size he moves well um he was a guy i was really into that year um looking at receivers reading about receivers that year this is just a classic one of those signings that you know kind of flies under the radar because nobody's really thinking about him and maybe he becomes a depth guy guy of the practice squad for the patriots there's enough to like there like where you haven't seen the NFL sample size yet due to injuries, but like mm-hmm. there's no downside to this move. Um, he's a very good college receiver, some size. The Patriots don't have a ton of size in the receiver group right now. Um, if he factors in and contributes in any fashion, this is a good pickup. And I wonder if they can turn Fago into their next um, special teams masterclass. Yeah, that's that one. 
screams he's like at least a, a practice squad guy too maybe. absolutely that one screams to me like a kind of needle in the haystack type of fine type of thing um and again it kind of boils down to you can't really get mad about the team trying to fill out their 90-man roster at this point exactly. so like it's not a movie game like oh why they bring this guy in i'm with you the herd one's enticing to me um because you said he was a good receiver in college are only better running back rushed for just yeah, under 3,000 yards in his career 23 touchdowns and 637 attempts the actual number was 2,844 rushing yards. Um, so a dual threat type of guy there, receiver and running back. Again, screams, typical Patriot. Um, and like you said, has not been able to get on the field ever. Drafted in, in 2019 by the 49ers. He's been out of football since 2021. So he would make, you got to think his rookie debut if he makes the Patriots mm-hmm. and plays at any point for the Patriots this season. Um, but as we talked about before with you know the uncertainty at wide receiver, some injuries, um, concerns there. It was nice to see Juju Smith-Schuster out on the field and not really limited at all, so that was good um, from an injury standpoint with him. Same thing with Tyquan Thornton. You can never have too many wide receivers on this team, um, and a guy like you said, if he stands out at all in training camp this year <clears throat> and in the preseason, got to think he's going to make a, a name for himself as an enticing little option there. No, yeah, like the majority of his success came at Tennessee, um, 899 yards to the air, five touchdowns, 1120 rushing yards, um, and seven touchdowns his freshman year, uh, 1,285 yards of the year. Or no, I have a mixed up, sorry. Um, the 899 rushing yards and five touchdowns were on the um, on the ground. The receiving yards um, were 35 catches, 221 yards, two touchdowns. His sophomore year, uh, 1,285 yards on the ground and 277 carries, 12 touchdowns, um, and 190 yards of the air, two touchdowns. Junior year, uh, 122 carries, three touchdowns in Tennessee, um, just 10 catches for 81 yards, two touchdowns through the air. And then it kind of flipped. That one year at Baylor, they saw him more as a receiver. Um, he had 290 car- um, yards on the ground, 48 carries, three touchdowns, and 946 yards the year and four touchdowns. So, man, this is one of those gadget guys you have to get a little excited about, I think. You know, absolutely going to step in like – it's also different because you see guys like this struggle to pan out, but a lot of times it's because of performance mm-hmm. or not quite cracking it. He just hasn't gotten a shot. Cause he hasn't straight up because of injury. Yeah. Like they could get a steal out of Jalen Hurd, even if it's just Absolutely. for a year. There's no downside to this move. I like it. Um, <clears throat> dual threat. Like don't see t- tons of players like that, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Intriguing to look at. We've got some news. Mainly with the Giants, to be honest with you, uh, Saquon signs a one-year deal worth up to hundred. Uh, was that one hundred eleven? Um, eleven million with Something. a two million dollars signing. After bonus. all the problems with running backs, yes. um, yeah, one hundred eleven million dollar contract. Here you go. I think it all kind of melted together with Andrew Thomas's five-year extension. He got fucking paid. I like yeah, Andrew Thomas a lot. I think he's very good and has an extremely bright future. as one of the best young linemen in the league. I did not expect one hundred seventy. $17.5 million. No, that's a lot. And $7 million guaranteed. But people wonder I mean, why running backs don't get paid. We just talked about that yeah. last week, that you could put it on the offensive line for mm-hmm. a running back success. And yeah. Clearly Andrew the Thomas, Giants feel that way. Andrew Thomas is a financial uh, financial piece. I guess he is. Foundational piece of that team he is on now. their own line. And I assume they're hoping Evan Neal to be the same. Um, they've spent some high draft capital on um, – Offensive tackles the last few years. Andrew Thomas, one of them, gets the bag. He's very good, was an absolute stud at Georgia. 
Um, Uchenna Nwosu gets a three-year $59 million extension with $32 million guaranteed from Seattle. Trayvon Diggs re-ups for five years, $97 million. I think that could be a steal, um, a $21.25 million signing bonus. And speaking of steals, Justin Herbert sets Absolutely. the bar for yeah. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. I think this deal, five years, $262.5 million, $218.7 guaranteed, has ridiculous steal potential. Um, I think within the next two years, Justin Herbert can be, you know, on a longer term deal, like a three, three fifty four million hundred million dollar contract guy. Mm-hmm. Um, to get him at five years, this dollar is a no brainer, no hesitation type of deal. If I were making the decision, um, how do you feel about these deals with Herbert in particular? Because I don't understand why anybody would have anything negative to say about this Herbert deal. I was just going to say that they were maybe looking at two eighty. Oh, he's going to get paid. Million. He mm-hmm. could get three hundred. Absolutely. They're not Um, too far off, but 300 is conceivable. I think for Joe Burrow, I don't think that's too crazy. No, absolutely not. The, the Herbert thing, it kind of, kind of falls into the same boat as the Jalen Brown thing. Cause I saw people on Twitter that were like, really Justin Herbert's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And again, it's like, that is the, like, I don't understand hundred million dollars this year. It's insane. Um, But again, I don't understand what people don't get about like, this is the market for these players. Quarterbacks are not going to take pay cuts. They're not going to get underpaid. Unless they're a franchise quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Unless like the Patriots, if you force Tom Brady to take pay cuts or Aaron Rodgers, maybe takes them just to be a dick to the Packers. Um, Could be a possibility. He's a dick. Um, But yeah, the people, like I said, that just were questioning, I'm with you. That's a steal for Justin Herbert. Again, he didn't have the greatest year last year, but as we talked about, I'm pretty sure when we were talking about Justin Herbert, maybe people knocking him. The guy played with, what was it, fractured ribs or cracked ribs, whatever it was, whatever his injury was. So, yeah, the guy maybe is going to take a little bit of a hit when he can't probably function like he normally would be able to. So I have no problem with that deal at all. I have no problem with, you know, Trayvon Diggs getting his contract because that's a staple of the Cowboys um, defense on that team. I'm interested to see what CeeDee Lamb's going to get if they look to extend him, which they should because he's probably the staple of the offense um, on that team, I think more so than Dak Prescott. Cause that, that's how I feel about Dak. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm yeah. fine with either one of those two contracts. I don't think either team really splurged all that much for two very important pieces of the two separate teams. No, I agree hundred um, percent. I think these are pretty standard um, and cool to see Uchenna Nwosu to uh, cash out. He's yep. kind of the guy that flies under the radar, but he's been pretty solid dating back to his days with the Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Um Marcus it's all about Peters. real quick too. Sorry. It's all about, no, I forgot to mention position thing. Like you have to pay for top tier corners and you have to pay for yes. top tier quarterbacks. That's exactly what the Cowboys and Chargers did. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can complain too much. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of either of those teams, Marcus no. Peters, one of those uh, late in the summer signings, the Raiders need any help in that corner group. I think Marcus Peters still has, has some ability. Uh, Jacoby Myers, speaking of the Raiders converts his base salary uh, of 3.92 million. Um, to a signing bonus, but uh, also adding to void two void years to his contract, creating just over three million dollars in the space. Uh, Josh Jacobs will not report. That's going to be fascinating to monitor. He seems mm-hmm. the most stubborn. Uh, the Commanders, maybe they're cutting costs, but release Andrew Norwell, who started sixteen games with them. Yeah, that didn't a make a lot of sense. Good guard for them. You think with a young quarterback, they like to keep Andrew Norwell, a proven guy. Maybe he hasn't looked great this summer. I don't know what the deal is there, but it's very bizarre. I think somebody should jump all over signing Andrew Norwell. Um, Absolutely. I think he's still got some ability left in the tank. Um, CJ Gardner-Johnson avoided serious injury after 
um, telling Philly fans a few days ago that he fucking hates them. Essentially, <laughs> um, he's considered day to day. Real quick, just a, just no absolute yeah. karma. <laughs> like you'd be a yeah, dick to people that really, really supported you, and then oh crap, my season almost ended days later. <laughs> like seriously, dude. Like what the hell? Yeah. Um, Naheem Hines. Speaking of injuries, will miss the entire season after a jet ski accident. Um, there's apparently some sort of financial dispute where he might have to pay the bills. They're not like paying his salary. I was like, just gonna ask if, like, from sort a financial dispute. standpoint, if he could sue I'm somebody. Like, I'm not like gonna, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna act like another detail, but I saw something saying that his salary could be impacted and he could have to pay the bills, or his agent could have to pay the bills. That's freaking bizarre. Just I'm not for sitting on like a jet ski. Have, and getting run into by some other like, idiot. I think it's like an injury, like oh, liability okay. type of thing. Gotcha. Like I said, I'm not gonna act like I know all the details. Oh, so probably one of those things, like clause of like, hey, don't go jet skiing in the off season. Yeah, don't things could happen. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. I but that's know. one of the crazier. I don't know if we had any other thoughts on that. One of the crazier stories, injury stories. I feel like we've seen in a while. Like you're just chilling on a jet ski and somebody runs in. Like I'd like to know what the person was doing that ran into him. Like how do you hit a guy on a jet ski? Uh, Opens them up as a double cook spot. I was wondering the same thing myself. They can make the, the room for it. I don't think they currently have it. Um, Cole Komet, I was quite surprised to see this because I don't think Cole Komet is worth this yet. Um, he says a four-year $50 million extension with the Bears mm-hmm. could absolutely be worth it. I don't think he is right now. I don't think that's unfair to say. I think um, you saw him build some report. million guaranteed. Late I, yeah, in the that's season a, that's with a, that's Fields, a field so, yeah. piece for him yep. potentially. So mm-hmm. if you have that's all I take it is. Yeah, and like look at the team like the Bears. They spent a little bit of money this year. They got um, plenty of cash, particularly space. on Edwards. But like this isn't a deal that'll corrupt them financially. I don't think no. in the next four years. Obviously, if Justin Fields pans out, he's going to take a huge chunk of change eventually. But I don't think this is a deal that's going to bankrupt them. I think it's an overpay right now, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's one like any Bears fan should be screaming about. Um, Aaron Rodgers takes a pay cut, uh, with the jets. He voluntarily took a $35 million pay cut, um, on a two year deal. This will allow the jets to acquire more talent. Um, as Adam Schefter said, and the breakdown is now he gets a $35 million roster bonus. So he gets that paid back in four days. He makes $1.8 million in base salary and 38.1 next year. He has a no tag and a no trade clause makes sense i mean why wouldn't you try to get that type of protection for yourself at this point in your career absolutely Um, it's whatever i mean we'll see what the jets do with it but right now it's kind of like a wait and see type of thing Mm -hmm. nick chubb um i had not seen this until you put it in the outline he said right now there's nothing really we can do kind of handcuffed in the situation with the situation but the only position that our production hurts us the most we go out there and run two thousand yards with so many carries uh, next year, they're going to say, you're probably worn down. It's tough. It hurts us at the end of the day for Jeremy Fowler. He's right. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, right. we kind of talked about that last week because I thought we just added to talk about, um, as we touched on last week, the latest with the running back situation. I think, uh, I don't know what the number was. It was at least you know, 10 of the premier running backs held that Zoom call Saturday. I think this was one of the quotes from after it. Um, so Nick Chubb obviously speaking out. Funny, too, that Saquon Barkley was one of the big names, part of that Zoom call, talking about how running backs get underpaid. And like a day later, yeah, I'll sign my contract. It's okay. I'm back to play. So that was kind of funny ball. to watch. Loves yeah. Ball. But like you said, Chubb's right. We kind of talked also about it a little bit. Also, hard Giants want to sign me. Yes, yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, we talked about, like I said last week, a little bit that Nick Chubb's 100% right in this. Like, it, the 
the position dictates it. It is kind of insane that if you have a good year, like you would think rushing for 2000 yards, you know, having double digit touchdowns, you would think teams would be like, Oh, we're definitely going to pay you. Cause that's, that obviously shows the, your value to the team. But most teams in this case, like Nick Chubb said, think the opposite where you're going to have a little bit of wear and tear from last year. Maybe we're going to lowball you here because we don't think you can put up these numbers again. So it is a crappy situation for running backs right now, but like he said, it, it, it's what the market is. That's kind of been the theme of the show, um, bringing it up now a third time. But I'm interested to see if this, if anything changes with the running backs. As we said last week, though, probably not going to happen because that's just the way 99% of the teams in the NFL, I feel like, operate. Is like, hey, we can find another replacement for you. We don't have to pay you all this money, no matter what you do for us. Yeah, and Chubb's perspective is interesting in this case, too, because he was the last guy to get one of those big deals. True. Yep. So he he has a different, you know, perspective on hat it. to wear in this yep. discussion. So, yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb, from all accounts, seems like a pretty level-headed, smart guy. Yeah, and he's never luckily, had any sort of problems or anything, so a good kind of voice to have. Got his bag when he got it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at his teammate, too, like Kareem Hunt's looking for a deal, too. That's um, still a he's guy I, for the Bills. Forgot he was even out there until I heard somebody bring that up last week that he's still looking for a job, which is crazy to think. Like that's a it's, guy that shouldn't like, garner a lot of money. How it is, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks, but just how it is. Um, I don't really see it getting better, but I also there's a lot I don't know. So exactly, um, it's something to monitor. Maybe Saquon biting the bullet and taking a one year deal jumpstarts things a little bit. Maybe it doesn't. We shall see, but I assume Giants fans are pretty pumped. So. Yeah, you would think. Like I said, we talked, we joked about it a little bit last year that Saquon Barkley at times was basically that whole team's offense. So you bring him back, you bring up a tackle to help out Saquon Barkley a little bit there, and you should yeah, be mean, good to and, go. Yeah, Andrew Thomas is a no-brainer. Yeah. You got to overpay for a guy like him, do it. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, probably won't end up being too much of an overpay. But no. catching up on some Twitter football things um we do have a baseball uh little tidbit that broke that relates to the oh. uh, guys that will not be traded oh 10 minutes ago from tom verducci if you were listening to this and hope that uh shohei otani were on the market or was going to be on the market according to tom verducci uh reporting that the angels took offers on otani but after internal meetings today they pulled him off the trade market and are going to be buyers so the angels are going to be in the market for dumb. some players yeah, I mean, I'm trying to I have to look up where they are in the standings because I I think they have been playing a little better, though. They might be on a win streak, you know, three or four games, if I remember correctly from looking earlier today. Um, the Angels currently are 52 and 49, six and a half games out of the West, but they are only four games out of those third wildcard spot, two behind the Red Sox, one behind the Yankees. So you're going to think they think they can catch the Yankees and then hope that maybe the Red Sox can catch Toronto and the, like, obviously they got to jump a couple of teams here and there, but four games out of it, not the craziest, you know, thing. If they can catch fire and some teams fall apart in front of the Yankees are falling apart. I think like that's, that's not crazy to say. Angels have won two games in a row, not three. To me, it kind of feels like you got to trade Otani regardless. It's, with all the trade stuff, like, do you really get the sense if you're the Dodgers, unless there's something clearly we're missing, that he would even sign there in any scenario? I want. That's what I mean. There? I wonder if he, if the Angels are going to be dumbfounded and think that they can keep it. Uh, I feel like if they miss the playoffs again, he's 100 percent gone. There's no way he stays. That's the especially thing. Like, if, if you miss the playoffs, teams get into a bidding war. Nothing for Shohei Otani. 
that's the chance they take. You, and it is a very, realistic. very, yeah. Look at the recent history of your team. Do you think in year one of potentially scraping into the playoffs, you're going to make a run? Or do you think maybe you can scrape in without Otani somehow? Maybe just do it for fun. Like you get into the playoffs, <laughs> you know, sell some more tickets, whatever. You can't think right now, unless there's something I'm missing, like I said, with the Angels, that you're going to keep Otani long-term. So you have to get something for him, whether it's on a rental basis or a team that believes they can sign him long-term or mm-hmm. he has previous interest in signing long-term with. I think there is no scenario where you don't trade Shohei Otani. Oh, like I said earlier, I think that I or wonder if... at least. Not yeah, sure. I wonder, though, like, like they said, I mean, they obviously took calls on him. So I wonder if, if as I mentioned earlier... As they were taking calls, hey, what do you want for Shohei Otani? Give us your top three or top five prospects and two two uh, young stars on your major league roster. Teams probably hung up the phone because, again, yeah, I don't think teams – like I am 100%. I'm with you. I think that it would be dumb to lose Otani for nothing. But I really do think, and again, rightfully so, the Angels should ask high. No team at the trade deadline is going to give you half of their prospects and you know a, a couple of young players for a rental guy exactly i think that's going to scare too many teams away a ton of sense yeah absolutely i mean um, i feel like in the league this year too there's no like one team that's like this unbelievably under oh, not under overwhelming favorite to win the world series right now i think the braves might be but as you so saw last night the, the red braves, sox beat them like, seven to one in a game where the red sox hit into a triple play so maybe that showed a weakness to the braves there a little bit um but again like they don't need shohei otani so yeah I mean, I don't even know if they can afford it. They have Freeman, no, they probably can't. Yeah, Freeman Albies makes not a ton. Acuna makes a ton. Do they have any big pitchers, big money wise? No, the Braves. You know what? The Braves probably could because I think a lot of their young guys, the Acunas, the Albies, they're all signed under like hundred million dollar contracts that are nowhere close to what. What happened to all those pitchers like Fultinovich and Soroka? Are they still? Fultinovich flamed out. He was horrible. He had like two good years and then got hurt and never bounced back. He was bouncing around with Texas, I think, a year or two ago. Soroka was working back from either Tommy John yeah, or you got a some sort of injury. injury. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't been 100%. Mike I think Soroka one of their... looked like he was going to be like the guy. He was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah. And Strider kind of jumped him. So now it's, yeah, now it's now Spencer Strider's Strider world. Yeah. Me, so. Which is a, a pretty good Max consolation prize. as well? Yep. He's supposed to be coming back, I think, Friday or sometime over the weekend. So but that's the thing, too, I wanted to mention about the Angels really quick, is I wonder if they got news internally that uh, Mike Trout is maybe closer to coming back than they thought. Because I think the deadline was right around when he was supposed to be um, coming back. Yeah. So maybe they said, hey, good news there. So they'll try to make a run now if he's back. If you're the, you have to hope Trout comes back to get them to at least some sort of run, or else you're just like, how do you have any confidence that you should keep Otani right now? I don't know. To my knowledge, he hasn't been outright like, oh, I'd like to stay with the Angels, has he? Not that I've seen. I mean, he's been, he's been kept quiet on everything. Whenever he's been asked, he's been like, I'm focused on this year pretty much. So this is really like an unprecedented player situation in MLB history absolutely yeah like it's it's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and for the chaos factor of it all I hope he gets traded for a million prospects it would be something I mean just to see what he could get back would be the Yankees trade for him and lose him that is the ideal that'd be the yeah I mean that'd be the in the moment oh crap the Yankees just traded for Shohei Otani but then once the trade comes out you realize oh they gave up yeah half their prospects and they're the Yankees they'll probably lose the Astros in hysterical fashion in the ALCS again um then we'll have a good laugh about it but I mean you never want to see a a player of Otani's caliber go 
that I'm sure once the season ends, as soon as, you know, the, the final pitch of the world series is thrown, you'll get the, Oh, the Yankees are in on Otani and everyone thinks yeah. that Otani will just sign for the Yankees rumors. Cause that's how it goes. I'm real quick. Now that I know that I'm going to change one of my uh, baseball predictions. Uh, Cause like I said, I really didn't know where to put Tim Anderson. I'll have him go to the angels. I think change of scenery, middle infielder, nice little veteran piece there that can play multiple positions. Uh, maybe the angels. Cause I don't know what else really, I, that, like I said, blindsided me. Don't really know what else they need. They could probably use some pitching, some bullpen help. Um, but, you know, you get a, a bat and Tim Anderson, maybe at the top of the order, get him right, pair him with Otani and Trout. Maybe go on a little bit of a run and uh, and prove some people like you and I wrong. Maybe Otani stays. I don't know, man. It's It fascinates me. It does, yep. It really does. But, excuse me, that's going to wrap it up for episode 152. Here for you on another Wednesday night. Next week we'll be talking all things uh, MLB and the trade deadline and then some. So, Keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, new and old listeners, we hope you continue to you know follow along and stuff. Um, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on Twitch and YouTube as well. Um, we're pretty much everywhere from what I can tell. So, you know, wherever you'd like to listen, please do so. I also found out that we are available on a streaming app on Roku. So if you're a Roku streamer, or have any interest in doing that, check that out. Um, but yeah, you can find us anywhere. Like I said, the full press coverage Twitch and YouTube channels, definitely go give those a follow, uh, get our numbers up there. You can find us on Twitter as well. You can find me at Mike underscore Craddy, Ryan at Ryan underscore Savaggio, and the show at Sound and Craddy Pod. We're posting a little bit on TikTok, so search our name up there and you'll find us. Um, get to 800 followers. That would be pretty cool. Um, and yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, stay cool if you're in the heat this time of year which you probably are um because it's been hot as fuck lately stay safe stay healthy stay cool be nice to people all that good stuff and we'll talk to you next week peace out with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.